Hey there, Star Warriors. Make sure that when you're not listening to us, you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm on Facebook. That's Ridley's Gaming Realm. And what's awesome about them is that in their entire time for buying, selling, and trading games, there have been no scams ever reported on their page. So if you're looking for that game that's hard to find, if you're looking to sell off your collection, make sure you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's a Facebook group right there on Facebook. You all know how to use it. Ridley's Gaming Realm. your master where is grand admiral thrawn that's right star warriors hopefully we won't get hit with a copyright claim from lucas and disney but we are talking about grand admiral thrawn mithron urodo i'm glad you had to say that oh yes i've been practicing all day and i still couldn't get it (laughs) I probably butchered the last part of it, but <laughs> oh, so Thrawn, such a pivotal character. Chris, I know we've been wanting to talk about this character, and I think the fact that we were originally supposed to talk about Legends today and couldn't get all the Star Warriors together, and we decided to talk about something else that has such a ingrained root in legends as thrawn is very important oh i absolutely agree i actually it's nice to actually do this episode before that legends one because i feel like thrawn could take up that whole episode or definitely dominate it and that's the thing is like whether you're a fan of the eu new canon both whatever if you're a star wars fan thrawn has been around for so long and he's been a fan favorite since since he showed up so I'm I'm really happy that we're going to sit here and and talk about probably I'm, I'm going to say he's my favorite may like villain in Star Wars. Um, Darth Vader is a tough one to always say he's a villain because he jumps back he goes back to the light side. And he's also Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader as a villain is an ultimate villain, but for Star Wars, Thrawn has always been more intriguing to me, and I've, I'll get into that a little bit later. Just um, in terms of the way he calculates things and whatnot so yes very much agreed uh it's it's interesting because i think i i stumbled upon thrawn the completely wrong way i read his new trilogy book then watched rebels then went back and read heir to the empire and got introduced to thrawn as the character that everyone fell in love with but i think right off the bat we have to talk about that 1991 book because it is something that's so important to Star Wars. And I read the 20th anniversary edition, so I got some insight from Timothy Zahn's notes. But Timothy Zahn created this character for Thrawn, and he was kind of brought in to revive Star Wars, because it had kind of, it hadn't died, but there'd been no movies, there wasn't toys to sell, there wasn't a TV show at the time. You know, the sequel or the prequel trilogy was still what nine years out from this book so yeah he had to resell star wars and he did it in such a great way and i think the expanded universe 
And even canon and the prequel trilogy and Lucas owe so much to the world Zahn built upon. I mean, he named Coruscant. That planet had no name before him. Uh, He created Thrawn. He created Mara Jade, which is another fan favorite. He's done 33 different Star Wars stories, 16 of those full books. And he had to do this all without Lucas telling him what the Clone Wars were. He had to just guess. Most impressive. Make up what he thought the Clone Wars would be, which his concept for the Clone Wars might be a little bit cooler than what George Lucas's concept was for the Clone Wars. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I read these books so long ago. I mean, we're talking almost 20 years. Uh, so I, when I went through and I, I, I kind of read the brief descriptions of each book and what happened, and I, I totally forgot that in the third book, oh, I shouldn't even tell you. I, I, Spoilers clo- is fine. Okay, I don't yeah, care. there's, he leads like a clone army, which is like one of the first um, major uses of clones uh, besides the Emperor coming back in Dark Empire, which was kind of the launch of the EU, and then this. But I I was really kind of just taken back by that because I don't recall that, and I find that to be a very uh, interesting stat in Star Wars to begin with. Yeah, I mean, he had a clone in the first book. He had the one Jedi clone. George um, Seaboth. Yes, a name I could never figure out how to pronounce when I was reading that book. I was like, what is this name? It makes no sense. I may have made up my own pronunciation. I don't know. <laughs> I think I called him Seabath because oh, it was go. like C comma B-A-T-H. And I'm like, Seabath. There you <laughs> go. But, I mean, like Talon Carrard. I that's I always call him like Carrard, but there's not that many letters in his name. So I'm definitely wrong there. <laughs> he did. He did. A, I've only read Hair to the Empire, but th- that story was just so fun. Like the world he built upon after star wars and so after the three movies and some of the things he did like ben's ghost deciding to rejoin the force so that he wasn't there to guide luke anymore we're just like oh these were fun little things to throw in to like keep the stakes high like luke is learning to be a jedi he's literally the last jedi and he doesn't even have ben to help him out anymore like that was the beginning of that book too, where it was like that the scene, very right? beginning a, of the book. Yeah, I love that scene. I I still remember that scene today, um, and I love that because as a Star Wars fan through my entire life, and not in having that big drought, you know, as a kid, I mean, I was only exposed to Star Wars through VHS and toys and things like that. So I didn't I didn't see it in theaters. It it didn't. It was a totally different thing because I was introduced to it. I, I think the toys was really it and incorporating that in with the movies. And I even remember as a kid thinking Return of the Jedi was before Empire and being that naive <laughs> to, you know, how Star Wars worked. But eventually, as you get a little bit older and you're reading these, you're, you're watching the movies over and over again, you're, you're loving, you're loving these characters. And then what was I? I was maybe 13 when I read the books. It was a couple years after 91. Um I'm, uh, I'm trying to think I was it was my Washington DC trip I think was around the time where I got into the EU and I had bought Dark Empire 2 and 1 at the comic shop that I just kind of found them there and then 
I got into the books. So it was just like, holy crap, all this Star Wars content is here. And then it just ends up, you know, growing into a mass library of things for the next 30 years. And you're right, that that launch, what Timothy Zahn did, and the fact that all this stuff still carries over, not all of it, but a lot of it still carries over today, just shows you how important that was to Star Wars oh, as yeah. a whole. You know, every time I talk to you guys, I always find it interesting because I got introduced to Star Wars in the theater, but not the first run in the theater. When they did that 90s rerun, I went and saw every Star Wars movie in the theater with my dad. And it's probably one of the first movies I remember seeing in the theater were the Star Wars movies. You were born in 89, right? I was born in 89. Okay. Yeah. So. So you were still, you were still a kid. Oh yeah, this book came out when I was two years old. Like yeah. I, I did not get. Just this year, I got into Legends in the Expanded Universe. So, no, no, I know, but you were like eight years old when you saw the uh, releases, eight or nine. I, I mean, that would have been amazing. Yeah, Jedi. I, think so. I was probably like nine years old. Yeah. I think it was probably between six and nine mm-hmm. that I saw those movies. I don't remember how quickly they were released in the theaters. They were like every year. Okay. So mm-hmm. probably around six, between six and nine is when I saw those in the theater. See, that's awesome. I think that right there is a huge difference between I saw them as a high, like a young high schooler who had already, you know, been into Star Wars. I'm like, oh my gosh, we can see it on the big screen now. And that was a treat because, you know, growing up, it's like, VHS after VHS would get burned out and and that and then all of a sudden Star Wars just comes back you know it was like Shadows of the Empire those those movies came out and then the prequels and it was just all all Star Wars from then on out so but we are we're way ahead in time right now but oh yeah I love that because I think um then I was just a little bit older than you when I when I got into the EU when you first started Star Wars but you weren't really into Star Wars before that I mean like probably through like toy lines and stuff but yeah. not really because you know my dad had seen them but i didn't really have unless maybe they ran on tv but they probably didn't stick with them when i caught them on tv every now and then right right if i even did i don't know like i was too young to remember that so it's it's fun to think about how slow time moves when you're young and how influential this stuff is and those three those three books that Timothy Zahn wrote um, not only reignited my love for Star Wars, but it delivered Thrawn as this new villain who we we're always used to villains being, I guess, <sighs> more like outright like Vader was a Vader's a storm. That's 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 my new term. I I I think that whenever you whenever somebody faces Vader, it's like facing a storm. The emperor, the emperor is like a megalomaniac um, conqueror, but Thrawn, there's always this argument that Thrawn could have, you know, was Thrawn evil? I don't think Thrawn was evil. I think that Thrawn found himself on the side of the, uh, the victor that he wanted to find himself on in order to gain power. But he, like, from what I've read and what I understand is everybody's like, well, why would Thrawn work for the Emperor? He was only manipulating him, but really Thrawn was also manipulating the Emperor at the same time. So you had this intelligent alien 
species now as a very high ranking imperial officer. Yet back then, uh, the emperor was known as a xenophobe. Yeah, now, it was very you know, rare for aliens to be in the empire. And even in nowadays, there are it's few and far between where he's got aliens in the hiring higher ranks of the empire in canon but not his not his council though his council is like masamata um what's um oh, i forgot her name she's force she's force sensitive um the bald lady they're all they're all aliens so like maybe all the humans and stuff are definitely soldiers and officers but it's funny to me because i know growing up he was a xenophobe and then to see like in phantom menace how his main advisor is Mas- Masamata, you know, or whatever his name is. So yep. it's just, it's, it's interesting because I, a lot of the changes and I know we were going to talk about this in legends, you know, what did you like? What don't you like? Did you like legends, you know, going away, you know, for me at first it was, it was losing these characters that like Thrawn that I had become attached to. And I knew were great characters. And I'm like, why would you want to lose that? And then when they bought him, brought him back in rebels, it was just one of the smartest things ever. Yeah, I think so. Before we hop into Rebels, because Canon is where I know Thrawn a lot better and can talk about him, I think like we should address the fact that I think what made Thrawn such an awesome villain was that he broke the good evil dichotomy of the Jedi and Seth. He did not, he was not a Seth. He was a villain who was something else. And I've only, because I've only read that first book, I don't know if he's truly evil in uh, Legends, but in canon, he's a super complex character. Like, I don't know if you can define this guy as evil when you read everything and watch everything around him. So. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Legends, uh, because there are a couple other books that happen uh i believe it's there's there's books that happen after the trilogy down the road a little bit and i'm trying to remember the name without looking them up but i'm gonna have to um the hand of thrawn duology which consists of specter of the past and vision the future so these came out in 97 98 i did not like these books because it like it ends up where it's not even thrawn it's all this big like conspiracy and they were just kind of lackluster and so I don't ever say, you know, don't go read them because they are Timothy Zahn and he's and he's writing something else in the Star Wars universe. But as a Thrawn fan, I was disappointed because all I wanted him to do is come back. So um, maybe that's part of it. And maybe that was my bias as a kid and just being like, yeah, what did you do? <laughs> but I will tell you, out, Outbound Flight, uh, which is it was a prequel novel that happens before. And it which actually... Mm-hmm. throwaway line in yes. hair to the empire that he turns into a whole book and i love it because we know that thrawn had killed cbo and this gives you the story of how he met him and so you go back to you know the 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 republic time and this has cbo as a jedi and then you're also crossing paths with obi-wan and anakin so it was great to read that around the prequel time and just to get some content from that time period and then for it to bring Thrawn back in, you know, and just have that be another introduction of building Thrawn into that 
now legends. Yeah. So we get through legends. Thrawn go Disney buys oh, Star Wars. Oh, sorry, one thing. You got something. No, I do. And this is one thing that is is kind of out of the ordinary because they they connected the canon back then as much as they could. Lucas would say you have to do this. They would say you can't do this. You know, if they wrote something and they would say whatever. But um, one of the biggest things was that one of the Tie Fighter X Wing games had Thrawn in it. So you had this character cross into another media, a medium of media that was that never really happened that much back then. So I always thought that was a real treat to get that um, and that he was that influential. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like how important he became to the EU. Mm -hmm. And then everything collapses down. Disney buys Star Wars. They strike pretty much everything but the movies from canon turn the whole eu into legends which now going back to legends i kind of understand it gets really messy if it's all canon because there's contradictions and especially like the thrawn books don't match up with what lucas ended up making canon so it gets hard thrawn goes away and then suddenly rebels comes out and they bring him back they reintroduce thrawn as a villain in rebels so now he's working for the empire at the height of the empire and we get this character back and it has spawned a whole new world of characters i mean i think honestly i'm at the point where i think the best characters kind of exist outside of the movies ahsoka thrawn a lot of the best characters are definitely not movie characters um, but we get Rebels, and then we get the Thrawn books. Then we get our line that we started this off with in the Mandalorian. There's been two Thrawn trilogies now. The last book's coming out in November. And they kind of reestablish the character, rebuild his backstory. And I, I really enjoy his new backstory. I don't know. How much do you know about new canon Thrawn? I... I started to read that first. Uh, I have the audiobook. Sorry, I have the audiobook of that first origin um, trilogy, and so I started to listen to it, and I was really enjoying it. And then I stopped for some reason. So I got as far as kind of with the uh, the hyperspace stuff and how we related that to the High Republic a little bit. Yep, um, the Skywalkers. The Skywalkers. I I did read about that. I had some of the relationships going on with him and and the other chiss and whatnot but i really need to get back to that so i what i know of canon thrawn is is rebels all right um so that's that's where i'll leave it <laughs> so i'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free as possible high level overview of canon thrawn so i don't know how much the chiss were built upon in eu but thrawn is from a race called the chiss which rule the Chiss Ascendancy, which come from the Unknown Regions. In the Unknown Regions, um, space is funky. There's been a lot of supernovas and stuff. There's no galactic like core civilization that everything revolves around. The civilizations are kind of separate from each other. And in a lot of areas, they're just rumors to each other. Like, oh, we've heard of the Chiss before. And we kind of find out that thousands of years ago during the Sith Wars, the unknown regions were a little bit more stable and the Chiss actually fought in the Sith Wars, but we don't know what side they fought for. Um, they at least fought in it. 
And the Chiss have been aware of the Republic and the Empire. And Thrawn had actually ran into Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. He goes back to the Chiss Ascendancy. There's now some great threat coming from the Unknown Regions. And he knows he needs assistance and that the Republic exists. So he heads out, fakes a plane crash or a starship crash to be found, fakes an exile, gets brought in by the Empire and joins the Imperial fleets and raises through the ranks there. He exists, we know, all the way now through when he disappears in Rebels. And we know he still exists now because Ahsoka is hunting him post fall of the Empire. We also know that he knew Vader was Anakin and Vader hated that he knew he was Anakin. And I think like one of the greatest things about Canon Thrawn is he's a better tactician than Vader and the Emperor where there, there's a whole Thrawn book that's dedicated to the fact Thrawn knows they're wasting money on building the Death Star, the first Death Star. And he's trying to get funding for the TIE Defender. And honestly, if they had built fleets of TIE Defenders over a single Death Star, I don't know if the Rebels would have won. Because the those were the I'm sorry the tie the tie defenders were the ones that we learned about in Rogue One right those uh, they're in Rebels actually they're the three winged uh, oh yeah those okay yeah that okay like have better maneuverability better they actually have shields like they're equivalent to the it's like a tie fighter meets an X wing are they are they manned I forgot if they're they are manned okay so yes. but yeah, he was but, trying to get funding for that over at the time Project Stardust, but the Death Star Project. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, uh, because it's funny how much they grow the character in such a short amount of time here. Because they know how much people love this guy. And the, the fan reactions from his appearance in Rebels and now the books. It's funny to go back and look at Legends and see that he dies within that trilogy. You know, and it's like... He's just gone. He's gone for good. And now he's back. For good. And Ezra's <laughs> probably back with him. I'm still interested to see what this last book presents as the threat in the unknown regions that he was so worried about that he came into the core galaxy to try to find an ally to help fight them back. I mean, I don't think Canon would go... Oh, is it you, Yusan Vong? Vong, but Yuzong I think Vong. they're gonna do something similar. I th- I totally agree with you because every time I think that they're gonna, they're, they might try to adapt something or or at least lightly pull in elements from it. And I'll and I'm gonna say like War of the Bounty Hunters. I thought they would at least bring in some Shadows of the Empire aspects, and but um, but they didn't. And you know what? I don't care because War of the Bounty Hunters is a great event so you know there's a lot of people out there that get all you know riled up about disney and what they do but i feel like they've done a solid job with thrawn since they introduced him i can't say anything negative about it 
in fact, I think they've enhanced the character. Like I said, the character lasts for three books and then he gets a prequel book and that's it. And now we've got six books, a TV series. Yeah. And he's he might probably going to be the main bad. villain of Ahsoka. Yeah. And maybe beyond that, because it's like, will they make him in charge of the Empire? You know, it's where do you go after episode nine? <sighs> they have left no clear space to go into. Yeah. And I felt like they were setting stuff up for a future series, but it really. F- and episode nine felt like the end of the Skywalker saga. It was that last battle against the Empire. Where do you go from this? I know you're not disappointed by that. Uh, no. No, I'm not. You know what I would have liked to see in, in Episode 9? I would have loved, instead of that being some weird fleet that they had to go retcon explain in the comics, why they should have brought back Thrawn at that point. Like, maybe oh, made God. it like a time jump. And he has this great fleet, and he's backing up the Emperor. And they have to fight Thrawn. I just... I know, I know we had a very positive <laughs> podcast about that movie, but there's so much they could have done well, uh, for f- like just to tie into canon. And now they're finally realizing it. So, And such a waste of, oh man, I can't remember the actor's name, but General Pride, who was old oh, Loki. You have this actor and you make him like a minor foil for Hux and then have him blow up on his ship. Like comedy relief Hux through the entire trilogy. And then we get a badass leader. Finally, yeah, exactly. Die dies. No. Like I like if that, that had been thrown. And if we had had one ship escape at the very end and we don't know where Thrawn escapes to, and it leaves open. This is where this is going. Thrawn's out there. It would have been huge. How long do Chiss live? They live longer than I, I don't know what Chiss lifespans are. I mean, Wonder. Thrawn would have been exceptionally old by episode nine. I mean, I was trying to calculate what it would have taken for Ahsoka to live to episode nine, and she could have because based on force sensitive stuff, her race can live like 200 plus years as a force sensitive, but it would have been a stretch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I that's why I'm really looking for the show. I just I want to see maybe we see the end of Ahsoka's story, but you know we're gonna see, maybe we see it in such a high fashion with Thrawn and a live action Thrawn to, to boot. I mean that's that's the ultimate goal where we've been trying to get to for so long, and it's just at time after time it's like okay we're getting there we're getting there, and then he was animated and now he's gonna be a live action uh, character. So I'm, I'm pumped for that show. I, I, I don't even know what to say because it's, it's the conclusion of rebels. It's going to be basically maybe the conclusion of Thrawn yep. and just this, you know, what is happening to Ahsoka? Like gotta be the conclusion of Ahsoka too. Yeah. The fact we don't really get her at all in the sequel trilogy makes me think her character's gone or I, I'm still thinking there's possible something happening in the unknown regions. And that's where Ezra and all Kill. of them are during uh, episode, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Where's Cal Kestis? It's just like, I get it. You write a bunch of stuff. Then you get stuck. How are we going to make these puzzle pieces fit together? 
some stuff you could do much better. But at this point, I'm not going to complain because I think what they're doing on Disney Plus is, is pretty much genius. So. Oh, they're doing great <laughs> work. I mean, like, they, I still think they need their, uh, Dave needs to come on and be their fight key. They need yes. someone who's going, no, we're doing all of this content that we say needs to fit together, but this doesn't fit with this. This is contracting with this. And then, I mean, I was going to get into this in the Legends episode. I Which think you still the, can. <laughs> the Visions brand should yeah. become their what if brand. And if they go, no, this is a really great story. We want to tell it. Slap the Visions name on it. This doesn't fit in Star Wars proper. Did you ever read Star Wars Infinities? I did not. That's that's what I would like it to be called. That was Infinities. kind of the original what if story of star wars and it's a comic and i recommend you read it um and that was one of my things i was going to bring up too i love the idea of visions and i love anthologies and that's where i would love to see more stories told because what if we got like a short thrawn story we could do that kind of stuff a a short thrawn animated story or live action or whatever you want to do there's so much possibilities if you can just do get out of get out of canon (laughs) Get a, you, like I love storytelling and I love continuous storytelling and putting things together and and ten years later we get Endgame whatever you know what I mean but at the same time it's I miss short form storytelling in 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 visual media uh, because sometimes you get amazing stories in forty five minutes maybe twenty minutes oh, and I visions, think that's what we're learning the you know? vision story is at fifteen to twenty minutes a piece. Yeah. I loved most of those stories. There was only one that I was just like, this feels too ingrained in Star Wars proper for me to the twins. It was too ingrained in Star Wars proper for me to truly enjoy, but everything else was great. Yeah. I I think, so there's one last aspect of Thrawn I want to talk about, but I think talking about Thrawn, talking about Ahsoka, talking about their TV show makes me think of Obi-Wan and the fact Hayden Christensen's coming back. And I think it would be so cool in Ahsoka if we got a flashback to when Thrawn and Anakin worked together and Hayden reprising the role of Anakin. And on top of that, Anakin, Ahsoka having a nightmare of her battle against Vader and having it show the cracked mask with Hayden Christensen underneath it saying why what was it why did you leave me something like that (laughs) like the seeing that in live action would be great that yeah i'm already still in the fact that we're gonna get clone wars we'll get something with the three of them i'm already convinced there's a young actress playing ahsoka and it seems like there's a young ahsoka yeah um it's gonna be I just want Ahsoka to come sit by the fire on Tatooine with Obi-Wan while they're going over these stories. Like, that's how I want that show to be presented. <laughs> it's like, um, like, like the campfire chats on Tatooine or something, you know, Jake? That's, that's well, each episode. <laughs> yes, the campfire chats on Tatooine. Uh, so the last aspect I think we need to talk about in the Thrawn character to kind of wrap it up is his, the art aspect that they brought in and to me i originally thought of it as a force sensitivity 
type thing. But Zahn has said he is not force sensitive. This is something else. But he can like analyze art and tell so much about a culture to develop tactics based off of it. I feel like that speaks to his intelligence level more than anything. Um, that is something that they brought over from Legends. It was it was one of the main things that really set him aside from uh, any villain, any character I've ever really encountered in most fiction, where he was that intelligent. You could look at something and, like you said, develop a battle plan or know maybe their motives and whatnot. But what I feel is that that takes an incredible amount of intelligence to learn all these, all of these species and their cultures and whatnot. And that's something that I would totally uh, believe that Thrawn could do. And that's why he, he can, you know, has that quote unquote power. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. The stuff he does, like in the books, it's really expanded upon. Like there's one point where he's looking at a tapestry in a book and he's like, Oh no, this was two cultures coming together because the frills in the middle are a different stitching style than the frills on the outside. And this culture really enjoys collaboration because of that. (laughs) And like, what? (laughs) What? And he uses, I, I think that's the exact, that one, but he uses it to his advantage to defeat an enemy by exposing the fact the enemy is hiding stuff from this culture and not collaborating with them and is like able to overcome the enemy because of that. It's insane. It is. And you know, if, if anybody doesn't know how Thrawn functions like that, you can watch it in Rebels with Hera. Oh yeah. Uh, And that's a really good way to just kind of get introduced to the character and and see how he uses those, you know, that, that skill. Hera's, um, cultural totem uh sabine's artwork it's all great yeah i mean i feel like thrawn is going to become an important character i feel like the chiss could become important to star wars as a whole and i feel like we could have a whole nother episode now that we've got after the end of this trilogy about the chiss because they've really expanded upon the unknown region and there's certain things like exegol is in the unknown region and that um cloud that they have to fly through using the sith wayfinder Mm -hmm. is what they deal with in the unknown region and they have what are called skywalkers they're force sensitive children that can navigate these types of threats and it's very interesting because in the chiss um force sensitivity is really only common in girls and they usually lose it by the time they're teenagers yeah crazy they don't actually have force sensitives in the just race they kind of grow out of it yes they reach a point where they and like the skywalkers which is what they are called are treated very well they get high-ranking posts in families after just culture is really crazy because Thrawn is part of the myth family, but he's not a born myth. There's blood and adopted, and he was raising the ranks so high that one of the nine families, the myth, adopted Thrawn into their family. 
and like you can move families like as a power move huh yeah thrawn gets approached to join a different family so you can kind of move higher rank like cast kind of like moving yeah so there's cast within the family ranking because there's the nine families okay and then there's lower tier families and then there's like bottom tier families and then within the families there's a ranking system like blood merit adoptive um i forget what all the rankings are but like there's a whole ranking class to just families that's interesting i yeah i need to read those books he develops an amazing culture it's super cool. And that's still Zahn, right? Yeah, so Zahn still gets Zahn. to go back and write, continue to write his best character ever mm-hmm. and write his origin story. Write his origin story. Write that's amazing. The entire race's origin. It's very, it's introducing a whole new race to Star Wars and one that hasn't been touched by the Galactic Republic really at all. I will say that they've had some interaction, but it's limited. Yeah, we're Chiss, we're Chiss on the Clone Wars at all. So Chiss, we ever see Chiss, we don't see Chiss in the Clone Wars. The only thing we get is that Anakin and Thrawn That's interacted okay. during the Clone Wars in the Outer Rim. Um, the last time Chiss truly were involved in galactic politics were during the Old Republic. And even then, they weren't like part of the Republic. See, that's why I'm really interested to know if Chiss are going to find their way into the High Republic initiative. Will we see, you know, if the High Republic's a few years of storytelling, will we see Chiss? A lot of the stuff happens in this outer and the outer rim and beyond. Mm-hmm. Will we get, you know, will maybe like the Nile cross paths with chiss or who you know i'm just kind of interested to see if that happens i wouldn't be surprised to see a nihil chiss at some point Uh, that'd be interesting like a rogue chiss that goes and joins the nihil like it's going to be really interesting which way it goes forward yeah i really feel uh just reading the comics uh that they're doing a really good job incorporating the high republic and so with that in mind and the building of canon as of late, I am very excited to see what is in store for us in the future, because I think they're on the right track. And with, you know, with Thrawn coming back in Ahsoka and Ahsoka basically being that carryover character from can or from legends to canon yep. that everybody loves that everybody can basically agree on that show is going to be hitting on all, all levels. And I, I, I can't even imagine what's, what was it? Lars Mikkelsen played the voice for for Rebels. I believe so. If I I want him to be cast as that character. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, my, like when <laughs> Ahsoka, that line that played us in when Ahsoka said, "Where's your master?" and then there was that pause, and she's like, "Grand Admiral Thrawn." I'm like, what? "Yeah, what we got Thrawn in live action now? Like this character was canon, but now this is like." The Mandalorian's what's really popular now, and this is going to be the first time people ever heard of Thrawn, and they're going to be like, who's Thrawn? And now it's going to be like, oh, let's show you who Thrawn is. Dude, when they said his name, I lost it. I I couldn't even believe that 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 I I kind of maybe assumed that there would be like a lead into that sometime, but just to directly for her to say it in that battle, 
and then proceed with a sweet ass samurai battle. I mean, it was just oh. guys. I mean, they're just doing Floney's Floney and Fav were just hitting on such high notes for all Star Wars fans in that episode. And that just my jaw was dropped at that point that we were finally going to get this. So Mando season three, I think, comes out after Ahsoka. Oh, it does. Okay, I think so. I wonder if we get Thrawn in Ahsoka and then having Din having to deal with Thrawn at all in any way, especially with how much he's interacting with the Empire still. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, next year, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Book of Boba. Andor. Andor. And Mando? Or is Mando yeah. the year after? No, Mando is next year. Boba will... Boba starts this year and flows in the next year. Uh, and Mando's like next fall, I think they said. And then we get the so. Boba special yeah. in November, whatever that means. I think it's a special preview for the book because it's a month out. It's I, I think it's going to be an animated thing, like the Christmas so? special animation. I hope it's like all of that stuff. I hope <laughs> it's like a big smorgasbord of Boba. <laughs> Boba, Boba fatness. <laughs> well, then we're gonna have to have the Boba episode. Oh, why not? Yeah, just count me in. I'm ready. I'm ready for that one and ever. <laughs> so. Well, it's been great talking Thrawn with you. This is yeah, actually gonna be a great lead-in for when we all get together to talk about legends as a whole. So exactly. And you did mention that we could definitely do a second show on Thrawn, you know, especially oh. after that trilogy's over. We could do a the, second the show on Thrawn. Show. We could do uh, just a show on what Zahn has done for Star Wars, like outside of Thrawn. So, yeah. like, I mean, we scratched like Mara Jade, which is a super popular oh. EU character that many people want to come into canon somehow. I don't know how you do that with the way they established her, but they had a chance. They had a chance to do it in episode nine, they had a chance to do it with Inquisitors. So I, she could be an inquisitor and then oh, go good. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> she could have been an that, inquisitor. Yeah. I really, okay. One last thing on the inquisitors. I really wanted <laughs> Barris's story to finish out with yes. us finding out she was one of the inquisitors because her story is one of the big blinks to me from Clone Wars because oh. she's arrested. Then the empire falls what happens is she executed in her cell does she join the empire is she an inquisitor does she escape and is she now a rogue jedi like at one point i thought in um mandalorian when they gave us those previews and there was the one mandalorian in the hood that that was going to be barris and that he was going to run into barris and she was going to be able to point him to Ahsoka and we were going to find out that they kind of made amends around what happened. So. I just wanted that to be Sabine, but that didn't happen. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) we're going to get Sabine. We're going to get Sabine and Ahsoka. I would love to see if Ahsoka comes after Mandalorian, if Ahsoka comes after Mandalorian, I want to see Sabine show up in Mandalorian first and then be in Ahsoka. That That would would be be epic. Because why not? Why wouldn't she come into that show? You know? If they're going to like Mandalore, we're so off topic, but I don't care. If they go to Mandalore, if Bo Katan is like, I need to take that, need to take that back from you, and then Speed shows up, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. And then Thrawn oh. shows up. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. He just close the show properly. <laughs> to destroy Mandalore. Yes, exactly. exactly. My question. Uh, okay, one final question. All right. <laughs> Is Ezra going to be an ally of Thrawn by the time we get to it? In that wherever those space whales took them, they went to Chiss space and Ezra meets the threat in the unknown regions and understands Thrawn because Ezra's always skirted the dark side with uh, Maul almost becoming his master and everything. He could potentially see that threat. And I, I think we're going to see Ray isn't going to be our traditional Jedi. Ahsoka is not a traditional Jedi. We could see Ezra also not as that traditional light side Jedi. And when Ahsoka meets up with Thrawn, Ezra's like, no, we're working together. I can see that two ways. The first one is this. I'm going to go back to the, the original Zahn trilogy when he goes and gets Joris Sibioth. And because he needs a dark, he needs a dark side user. I don't want to say dark side Jedi, but he needs a dark Jedi to, for to, his scheme, right? Oh, and to so do he that goes battle gets, meditation that they then brought into Knights of the Old Republic? Right. Yeah. Right. And then brought into... Now old republic or high republic Republic. yes exactly so i that's kind of a parallel to what you're saying because he definitely sought out a dark jedi in order to accomplish his scheme Uh, the other thing i can see is a buddy cop type thing where (laughs) i would like to see just like a six-part episode of them in in that region trying to survive together just on common goal of not dying you know maybe they found the nile (laughs) Oh, way out there god martian's <laughs> just been chilling out there oh there's plenty of tie-ins with with the comics right now the current comics what's happening between empire um yeah empire and jedi that they could carry this beyond and who knows well, we don't know uh, what happens to nile yet but very I mean, exciting stuff on our last episode i jokingly said thrawn and what happened at the end of uh bad batch is going to lead us to getting Samuel L. Jackson back. But Ooh. he's going to be a clone. He's going to be Seabath yeah. now. And uh, at the cloning facility in Mount... I, I forget what the mountain's called, but the one we see at the end of Clone or Bad Batch, the Emperor recovered Mace Windu's body in Coruscant and has been trying to clone a Force-sensitive and we get evil Dark Jedi Mace. I'm in. In one of the shows he's like get get me that wallet yeah the one that I mean, says <laughs> like could you imagine like we find out that at some point between uh six and seven luke for a brief period got trained by a fake mace window <laughs> like who was a clone like who pretended to be a good a good guy wouldn't that be insane i w- all that cool concept art of Mace Windu coming back when they were like deciding who, when the fan base was deciding who that Jedi was going to be at the end of the Mando episode there, or the, the one before the end. Um, if anything, I want him to be a clone. I don't want him to be a, that's real a genius Mace idea. living uh, through the fall. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that idea. Show us force sensitive clones and even show us Mace like breaking down because they don't have the force sensitive clones perfected by episode nine still there you go so and will they ever who knows 
<laughs> with that it's been a fun episode talking about thrawn absolutely you got anything to plug i do i do let me i'll, I'll plug the entire network first uh just defense entertainment check it out uh plenty of podcasts on there i think we have about 10 right now a genre for everyone and including my show Tully talk that i do with my friend casey as uh, the geekly news and also uh with my friend rocco who also does star warriors with us uh we have a show called listen up casuals that talks about uh comics and comic movies tv shows and how they relate and we yeah. i can't wait to talk about thor I am pumped for that episode. That's going to be so much fun. Especially after this what if episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Party Thor. I didn't think I was going to like it. I love that. Episode. So such a great episode. <laughs> so what do you have to plug? You well, I, I got shows. the Bull and Moose Tavern podcast, the political podcast I do with my buddy, Aaron. Uh, we've been rocking those out pretty much bi-weekly. Uh, we're going an alternating series where we do a politics review of a movie looking at the politics of a movie and then we're kind of looking at the road to the constitution the federalist and anti-federalist papers um campfire chats has uh died out a little bit uh just due to lack of guest and i'm going to announce it here i got one more halloween based episode coming out this year and then we're going to go to seasons i'm going to do 12 episode seasons and about two seasons a year and those will be weekly when i relaunch those nice that's what Exciting i got times Exciting times for all of our awesome podcasts and as we just kind of grow this network and have fun with it so so much yeah fun. man this is great i'm glad that you know kind of glad that show fell apart tonight <laughs> so we talk about i mean i still want to talk about legends no, I, at some point I absolutely do. this was so much fun you should see my notes i got i got some stuff for you from uh from the from the comics i just sent you <laughs> so i got some things on there and and some and stuff those, that i have recommend then- reading <laughs> the um the first issue of uh well the first omnibus of um knights of the old republic that led into the video game was free on comiXology and now i gotta read issue two and three because i want to know more about the old republic the fact jedis could have relationships and we kind of see why they were so scared about force processes in episode one in the content of the old republic so yeah and they're doing a good job with the high republic there too yes kind of yes. starting that up so oh we'll i just see. finished tempest runner nice so. i i haven't even picked up the rising storm oh <laughs> i know oh i know. get caught up i do i do all right well, till next thank time. you <laughs> till next time may the force be with you <laughs> <laughs>